please turn in your Bibles to the book of Genesis. We'll be looking at Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 today. <clears throat> the famous scientist and best-selling author Carl Sagan was well known for saying, the cosmos is all there is or there has been or will be. Meaning the only thing that has ever existed in this world has been this physical universe. This physical universe is eternal and the physical material elements of this universe are the only thing that's going to never cease. It may have and may be the belief of many prominent scientists, but it's not the view of the Word of God. The opening words of Scripture make the origins of the universe clear. There was a beginning to the universe, and the universe was created by God. Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Those ten words not only start the Bible, but they give us a foundation for, for understanding who the Creator God is. And when we see the, the character of this God, it's going to push us to live our lives differently. So today, we are going to examine a single verse. One of the most important verses in all of the Bible. And we're going to take that one verse and squeeze out all of the glorious truth that's contained in it. And then we're going to take that truth and examine how we're going to respond to it. So let's pray, and then we're going to jump right in. Lord God, we thank you for allowing us to once again dive into your word. We thank you for the book of Genesis that helps us understand where we come from, what happened, and where we're going. A book that gives us the foundation for understanding all of your truth. I ask that you'd help us today as we look at this first verse of the first book in the Bible, that you would help us to be changed by it. That we would walk away with a, with a better understanding of, of who you are, and that we'd walk away with a conviction to respond to that truth. In your name we pray. Amen. If you want to better follow along today, there's an outline you can find at the back of the church there. And I wanted to start by briefly saying something about the audience, the audience of Genesis, as I, I didn't get to cover that in our introduction to Genesis last week. We did cover the author, though. We saw that Moses was the one who wrote the whole Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. And if Moses wrote Genesis, then his main audience, the main people that he was originally writing this to were the Israelites who had been delivered from Egypt and were waiting to go into the promised land. The Pentateuch, often called the Law of Moses or the Book of Moses, was often looked at as one book, and it covers the early history of the world through the history of the Israelites, up through their time before entering the Promised Land. These are the people Moses would have been writing to. So although Genesis was God-breathed, 
and has an application for people of all ages. It was originally written by Moses to the Israelites before they would enter the land that God had promised to give them. And the first thing that Moses wanted these Israelites to know about was that their God was one and only creator of the entire universe. The Lord, Yahweh, who had chosen them to be his special people, was the creator of everything. And as we look at this creator God, we're going to see at least six things about him in the first verse of Genesis. Six things about the creator God and six ways we can respond to these truths. Starting with number one, God is the beginner, so be amazed by him. God is the beginner, so be amazed by him. Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In ancient times, the, the prominent belief was that this world has always been and that history was just going in a one big cycle. There was no start and there was no end. Everything just keeps going in a circle. But scripture opens with a bold claim that there was a beginning. That you could pinpoint when the universe began. History is not an eternal cycle. There was a starting point. Nothing existed. And then God made everything. Or to put it another way, the universe was born. It has a birthday. It has an age, and that age is not eternal. God alone is eternal, and everything else had a start date. It was a beginning to the heavens and the earth. And God was the one who caused it to begin. So be astounded by the God who started everything. Be amazed at the God who is the beginner. And causing the universe to come into being requires an immense amount of power, which leads us to number two, God is the Almighty, so trust Him. God is the Almighty, so trust Him. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The phrase, the heavens and the earth, refers to the, to the totality of all creation. It refers to everything below and everything above. God made the entire universe. He created everything. He created everything out of nothing. As it says in Hebrews 11.3, the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. There's no person and there's no physical thing in all of the universe that does not owe its very existence to God. The massive elephants, the towering mountains, the microscopic organisms all across the world, the trillions of pieces of DNA in every human body, everything on this earth. But not only did God create the things below, but he also created the things above. One of Catherine and, and my favorite things about living out here in the country is the fact that we can walk outside at night, look up into the sky, and see hundreds, thousands of stars. 
And according to scientists, if you use our best technology, you can see evidence of over 200 billion stars that form billions of galaxies. And every one of those stars is a shining display of the glory, power, and sovereignty of the Almighty God. Our God is not weak. He is strong beyond description. The ancient world was filled with man-made gods. Gods of the earth, the moon, or the sun. But the one eternal creator God surpasses them all and stands over all of these false deities. As it says in Psalm 96.5, For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. The Lord God shows his superiority over all because he created all. God's supreme power should cause his followers to trust him. The God who makes promises to his people is not a pathetic creation of man, but is the almighty creator of heaven and earth. He can accomplish his purposes. He can keep his promises. He has the power to save and to sustain every single one of his people. So trust this almighty God. And this God of power displays some of that power in his amazing artistry and his amazing creativity. Which brings us to number three, God is the designer. So thank him and listen to him. God is the designer, so thank him and listen to him. Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Everything good that your eyes see, everything your ears hear or your mouth eats or your nose smells or your hand touches has been intricately designed by God. The beauty of sunsets, the comfort of, of music, the delicious taste of chocolate, aroma of spring flowers, smooth skin of a baby, were all invented and produced by God. God is the artist behind every single work of art. He is the engineer behind the greatest projects, the skilled craftsman behind all that is good and all that is beautiful in this world. Which means that everything good that you have ever experienced or have ever received has been a gift from God. Love, friendship, family, food. Work, hobbies, entertainment, all pleasure, all joy in this world was perfectly designed by God, which should push us to be thankful. Every time you enjoy a cup of coffee, every time you watch the sun rise, every time your baby smiles, 
Every time someone encourages you, every time you smell a flower, every time you feel comfort or you feel hope, you should thank God for what he has given you. God is the designer. He has given us so much to be grateful for. But not only should we be grateful to the designer, but we should also listen to him. Because if God designed everything, then he knows best the way things should function. He knows why things exist. He knows their purpose. And he knows how we should best use and respond to all the different things in this world. Which means that we should actually pay attention to what he has said. If we really want to know why we are here, if we really want to know how we are supposed to live, then we should listen to the one who designed the heavens and the earth. And we can hear his voice on the pages of the scriptures. And if you look again at the first verse of that first chapter of the Bible, you will find out another thing about the Creator. We'll see that God is the unique one that we are to praise Him. God is the unique one so praise him. Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. As we mentioned a few weeks ago, God is one of a kind. Nothing else and no one else is in the same category as him. God is in a completely separate position from all that is in this universe. The universe was made while he is eternal. He is the creator while everything else is the creation. God is not just like us, but better. He's not an evolved or a super version of us. No, we're just a part of what he made. And he is the uncaused maker who has always been. No one can make it into his category. He is special. He is completely unique. The creator stands far above, far beyond, and separate from his creation. And the uniqueness of our creator God should lead us to praise him, to exalt him above everything else, to proclaim his exclusive power and, and, and to worship him. As it says in Psalm 48.1, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. But this God not only deserves our praise and our worship, but he also deserves our obedience, which leads us to our next point. Number five, God is the ruler, so obey him. God is the Ruler, so obey him. Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And if God made everything, then that means he gets to make the rules. As creator of all, he stands as king over all. He has the right to define what is good and what is evil, and no one else has the right to correct him. No court. No governing body is above God. He does not bow to any 
human rule book or, or universal law that's outside of himself. As creator of all, he is in charge of it all. One of the things that Catherine and I have drilled into our son's wingly is that he is not the boss. Mom and dad are the boss. Therefore, he must obey mom and dad, and when he does not obey, he deserves and will receive consequences for his action. The boss is in charge. The boss must be obeyed. And because God is the creator of the heavens and as the earth, he stands as the boss of all creation. He is in charge, and when he commands, his commands must be obeyed. God, being the boss, being the ruler over all, is both a good thing and a really scary thing. It's a good thing because there is an objective source of morality. With God, you can tell what is good, and you can tell what is evil. Without God... There's no moral absolutes, and ethics are completely subjective. Without God, you cannot say that, that with any sort of authority that murder or theft or lying or anything else is wrong. I used to do street evangelism in the small downtown area of the college town that Catherine and I just came from. And I remember having a long conversation with a, a New Age Marxist lesbian about social justice. I told her that I thought that the African slave trade was wrong. And I asked her if she did too. She, of course, condemned the African slave trade, but I kept asking her why she thought it was bad. She would say things like, it's not loving, and it's not kind to do that, or it's not right to, to take away someone's freedom. And I kept asking her, who says? Who gets to determine that it is wrong to enslave someone? Who has the authority to determine what is loving and kind? Who gets to determine what is right and what is wrong? And after about 20 minutes of going around and around in a circle, eventually admitted that she did not know who or what had that final authority. She had no way of determining ultimate truth. She was getting a college degree in social justice and yet had no way of proving what was just. It is a good thing that God is ruler over all. That he stands as king because his commands give believers an ultimate standard for what is right and wrong. We have an objective source of truth by looking at the commands that are laid out in the scriptures. We can say that the Holocaust was evil. That communism is bad. That racism is wicked. That abortion is wrong. We can say those things because we have an objective, eternal authority. We can know right 
from wrong. The really good thing that the creator God is king. But it's also a really scary thing. As all of us know that we have disobeyed the commands of this king. All of us have sinned by breaking God's law. And the rest of the Bible makes it clear that God's penalty for sin is eternal death. The only hope we have is to obey the gospel, the good news of the king. For the ruler of this world has made a way for people to have their disobedience forgiven. The king came to earth. The lawgiver became a man. God the Son came into this world, lived a perfect life, died to pay for all the sins of his people, and the king rose from the dead and is willing to pardon and to save all who obey the gospel, all who believe the good news of Jesus Christ. Greater God stands as king over all, and all who have disobeyed his commands are going to be judged unless they obey the gospel, unless they believe the good news. Well, as we hit upon our final point, we're going to see a point that in some ways summarizes all that we have just gone through. Number six, God is the central character. So focus on him. God is the central character. So focus on him. One final time, Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God is the main figure throughout the Bible. And that is seen clearly from the very beginning, as God is the creator of all. We did not invent him. He made us. He is the almighty one who began it all. He is the grand designer who, who made what is good and created everything for his own glory. He is the unique one, singular in power, in essence, in eternality, and in glory. And he is the king, the ruler over all creation. The Bible is not primarily a book about you and me. It is a book about God. And that should not only humble us, but it should push us to put our attention on him. Make him the main focus of our life. God is the creator, and we must fix our eyes on him. Lord God, I do thank you that you are the main focus of the Bible. That life is not about us, which would be very depressing, but it's about you. We thank you for that, God. And we thank you as well for all of the good and wonderful things that we have enjoyed here on earth. And I ask that you'd help us to continue to be grateful knowing that every good and perfect gift came down from you. I ask God that we would listen to your word knowing that since you designed everything, you can 
You are the one who should be trusted in how everything works. And that we would not only trust you in your design, but that we would trust that you have the power to fulfill your promises, that you have the power to sustain and save your people. We thank you, God, that you are creator. We praise you that you are one of kind. We praise you for your power. We praise you for your goodness. Thank you for revealing yourself to us. In your son's name we pray. Amen. And you are dismissed. <laughs>